Hey, welcome everybody. It's the Meeple Syrup Show episode, I think we're at 97, and that is Contastic. That's right, we're here wow. today to not to talk about cons. Dylan, what's up? Absolutely nothing. It's really, really dark here. Why do you keep waking me up like this, Sen? I have no idea why you keep calling me. Well, we're because we that. like you. We like you uh, and, your, and your beardy self. You are such a sweetheart. Okay. I know. If I could just pinch you. <laughs> but you can't because you're in France and I'm not. It's terrible. I know. Right. So today, Dylan, we have a bunch of guests with us. We, we're, we're missing one, unfortunately. We had another one on tap, but she is ill. But uh, Alicia's um, other half is here. This is Kevin, Kevin Carmichael from the now residing in Barrie area, soon to move somewhere else. Uh, and he is organizing Play and Pub in the Toronto area over the next couple of weeks it's in february yeah end of february 24th to 26th okay perfect and we also have avanel wing here with us avanel is uh industry insider big time she runs uh double exposure uh with the first exposure hall at gen con and a bunch of um conventions like dream nation is it dream Na it's dreamation 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 and Metatopia and other ones too, right? There's like three or four? Three and a half. It's Dexcon, Dreamation, Metatopia, and First Exposure. Okay, so First Exposure counts as the half. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and so today we wanted to talk to you guys about, you know, game design specific conventions. And so we actually picked two people who are kind of the almost the opposite ends of experience in terms of running these types of things. Uh, as you can imagine, Avanel, what year is Metatopia in? Uh, this past year was our sixth year. Right, and and Kevin, um, how many play and pubs have there been? This will be the first. Right, so Perfect. here we go with a really big range of experience and ideas from both sides. I, I think we can learn a lot from the you know, the, the people who've been there and done that and from the people who are starting out. And I'd like Dylan, Dylan, you're not what? in North America right now, but what is your, what's your question for people who run prototype specific conventions? Honestly, I think that they're like these heroes that have this, you know, this desire to, to publish games or make games so much that they spend their entire lives giving other people the opportunity to do the same thing. Like, I, I, I kind of want to ask both, where did you start with this? Let's start with, with Avanel. Where did you start with this? What, what was the energy that poured into you? Uh, we've been running conventions in the New York, New Jersey area for uh, 25 years. Uh, I came on board 20 years ago. And I have always had sort of this outrage over people reinventing the wheel and figuring things out for themselves every time they tackle something new. Uh, and so when we, we've been doing first exposure, um, back up. Um, Metatopia started as sort of this harebrained idea. My husband came to me and came to our senior staff and said, you know, we've helped launch a couple of publishers and we're doing this thing where we'll snag their rule books from them and give it a look and be like, oh, you want to think about this before you go to print. And we have these connections on uh, in the area. 
I think it, we should flip the model because usually our convention model is attendees buy badges and companies come in for free as added value, right? We, we invite them in and people are excited to play with their favorite publisher or see new things. And then he's like, I think that we should let people come in as players for really inexpensive and we should give uh, designers access to their expertise because our players are all so smart and so astute. And frankly, we all kind of shrugged and went, we think you're nuts. We don't think it's going to fly. And our first year, we had um, a lot of success. And it uh, there was a lot of buzz afterwards where people were like, this is like summer camp. This is somewhere between summer camp and boot camp for game designers. And this was amazing. And it took us a while to get our feet under us. But... Um, the result of Metatopia that year was that we then ended up in talks with Gen Con about the first exposure hall. And so one fed into the other, but we couldn't have done Metatopia without the player base and the right. community that was invested in designer success. That's perfect. And now I'm going to turn that same question over to Kevin. You are you know, you're designing and now you want to turn your life over. To, to this project? What what possessed you? Uh, so I've been to quite a few of the ones down in the States. Uh, so about two years ago, went to the first Protospiel Michigan. We've been to that one twice. We've been to Protospiel Massive. We've done the first Exposure Playtest Hall at Gen Con. We've done Metatopia this past year. So uh, just kind of like... the. The events, we absolutely loved them. And the thing is that there's nothing really close to us. So helped out with the Proto-TO convention, which happened this past August, uh, which is a great success. And we wanted to just kind of expand it out more and try to get more of these events close to us and try to get other ones throughout Ontario, hopefully. Uh, we're still working on plans for that as well. Uh, try to get a few closer down London way, Kitchawarloo way as well. So we'll see how that goes. So I just wanted to ask you, Kevin, is that model something that, uh, so Play and Pub moves to different pubs across Ontario? Is that what you're hoping? <laughs> uh, hopefully, yeah. Uh, the The idea of Play and Pub is supposed to be just play, test, and publish. Uh, that's where the we got the name for. But, uh, oh, not, not about drinking beer or yeah, although there is a cash bar at the Play and Pub this February, <laughs> so uh, oh, it's not, not supposed to be about that, but we could have that in, then we'll obviously get it in. Okay. Um, question to Avenel. So Avenel, you guys have been doing this for six years. How have the numbers actually changed? Um, I don't remember what our numbers were our first year. I know that our second year we were at about 300 people. Mm -hmm. And this past year we were at 600 people. So we've doubled in five years. Okay. And that's including playtesters and designers. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Our first year, the professional development track had, I think, 60 panels uh somewhere in that range and this year we had a hundred panels a hundred wow. hours of professional development programming wow and actually that's that's what has been really uh making me ache to go to metatopia 
it's as you know, it's on my birthday this year, so you can celebrate my birthday while you're there. Uh, I, I might actually go be, as my birthday present, uh, although the whole traveling to the States thing from Canada is a little bit leery for me right now, being a person of color. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but what I do is uh, Jason Petrie from, he's also a Canadian, um, yeah. does the RPG design panel cast. And Metatopia has been wonderful enough to really honestly kind of bless us with all this content from the panels and the con and, the, and obviously the the panel uh, the people who are doing the panels uh thanks to them as well and and i listen to those every day in my car when i'm taking a shower when i'm shoveling the copious amounts of snow that there is in canada so i listen to a lot of those design podcasts which makes me want to go uh, so that's awesome, and I'm really looking forward to actually being there. Uh, speaking of panels, Kevin, is there the idea of having panels at the play and pubs? Uh, not at this moment. We we really kind of like the protospiel models, and just because we're starting off right now, it was one of those things that it was uh, going to be a lot of extra work to get together, and it was more again we want to focus more on just getting people together to be able to play test their games and hopefully gain contact with some publishers we really want to focus on that aspect first and then start working towards some panels potentially in the future okay okay and i, I kind of want to go to uh to Avanel here and say let's help kevin out okay what would be what would be the best question you could ask him right now at the very beginning that you wish someone had kind of set you straight on when you started organizing these things? Oh. Um, a question to ask. Um, I, I'm actually going to spin that around because immediately the thing that comes to mind is that when we started Metatopia, I had no idea how much emotional labor was involved in helping people playtest things because here they're t they're being vulnerable. They're putting something that they've poured their heart into and they're putting it in front of strangers who may or may not be tactful in their feedback. Um, and so there's a give and take. And, uh, you know, we did not anticipate our first year how entirely devastating it can be for somebody, even if a play test goes really well and they have the best experience possible uh, to sit down and put something that they've been working on in front of an audience that doesn't have any reason particularly to be nice to them. Um, and so the, the emotional care care kit of granola bars and bottled water and tissues is way more important than I would have anticipated to begin with. Very I, interesting. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin, what do you, what do you think you're in for? Is this, you've, you've obviously had other uh, meetups where you've had perfect strangers. Is this going to be kind of your first all out strangers all over the place? I hope I've got enough boxes of Kleenex. <laughs> uh, perhaps. I don't know what, What's going to go on? I mean, we, like I said, we've helped with one of these before and we were running around all weekend and definitely there's a lot of things that you, you end up dealing with that you just kind of don't plan on, you know, having to do, um, especially going in it new and having no idea all the things that go behind it, right? Obviously, like I said, we've been to lots of these as a participant, but there's just so many things that you've got to be prepared for. So uh, yeah, we'll probably 
make sure that we've got some things uh, ready for for those people who, yeah, who might just have a tough time. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, Avenel, one thing I've actually noticed in listening to the panels from Metatopia, and again, it makes me want to go, is the care and the attitude you have towards um, the social aspect of things. Um, one of the podcasts that I listened to that actually like touched me, in a, not in a bad way, in a good way, um, like pulled out my heartstrings type of way, was the idea, somebody was mentioning the idea of the empty chair. Uh, and then also a lot of the stuff that goes on around Metatopia and caring for the players and the GMs and whatnot, because role-playing is a little bit different than board gaming, right? In the vulnerability and exposure and some of the, even the topics and subjects that you're touching on. So can you tell us about A, the empty chair, where you guys kind of got that from? And what do you feel the differences between playtesting a role-playing game and a board game? So the empty chair uh, concept is actually a testament to how amazingly invested our community is, uh, because that came from not me. That wasn't me, that wasn't the convention, that was the community bringing a tool that they have experience with outside of Metatopia and bringing that in and saying, hey, if you're having a conversation and you are a closed group, that means that somebody who is hovering around in the lobby or nearby hoping to find conversational footing has to figure out how to invite themselves in. Whereas if you're always broadening the circle and making sure that there's an empty chair and maybe even circulating, right? You've been sitting there for half an hour. You've gotten your chance to have a conversation with these people that are really excited about this topic. Pop up and go find somewhere else and leave a chair for somebody else to sit down. And it's it's an icebreaking tool. It's a tool to make sure that it's always clear that it there aren't a lot of boundaries. Metatopia is founded on a very egalitarian principle that even established game designers that ha are making their living designing games had to start somewhere. Um, and that if we make the conversational circles very open, people aren't, again, reinventing the wheel and having to make things up on their own. They have access to that shared knowledge base. So Kevin, I kind of wanted to follow on the uh, the entire idea of well, it's not just an ongoing conversation, but how conversations go at a lot of these cons that you've you've been to. What have you learned about giving effective feedback from playtesters and from perhaps questions that designers have asked their playtesters about their game designs? Uh, well, for one, I mean, there's there's a little bit of tact to it. Uh, the other thing, though, is like being honest. Is probably the biggest thing uh, in terms of giving feedback and whatnot, and see it from others. Uh, it, you know, it's one thing to go in with this project that you've poured your heart in and all that, and you're you might be protective and whatnot going in, and you want to be respectful of that. But it's also another thing for the people giving the feedback. You don't want to be just telling them that it's great if it's not that great. Uh, they need to hear it. And they need to know what's going on and what they need to do to try to improve. And even if the person isn't that receptive to it, you got to do your best to try to get that message through in a nice way and in a way that will help them going into the future. Interesting. So a lot of the stuff we're actually talking about now at a convention where actually people meet up socially is a lot of social contracting, I think. 
Um, and one of the things that I often find at certain playtest events is that sometimes some designers don't, if it's a designer only event, that sometimes designers don't play other people's prototypes. And that's not really in the spirit of the event. At these events, we might have more, um, more playtesters, which is great because typically they get in for free at these events, which is kind of the, the whole draw. But um, do you have any kind of, you know, concerns about um, people, the, the etiquette of playing other people's games? Avanel, is, is there anything that you guys do at Metatopia? So there is kind of a built-in um, uh, motivation for designers to playtest each other's games. When you come in as a designer to Metatopia, every designer coming through the door gets a high test, which is all super experienced players, hand-picked game designers, people that are the best at or very good at the thing that you're trying to playtest. So I have a conversation with each designer and say, what is it you need to know? And what are you trying to get out of your high test? And then I also say, what things are you good at, right? And sometimes I get really surprising answers, like I'm really good at microbiology. So if you have somebody that's doing an RPG about a pandemic, bring me in. I, I want to be their expert. I want to be their science nerd. And so there is built-in social initiative uh, incentive for doing those things and being involved. We do have some people that show up and really just want to um, to play test their game nonstop. And I have a conversation with them. I explain to them that half of the benefit of Metatopia is engaging with a community that is excited about your success as a game designer. And that if you are just play testing and not engaging with the community in a, in a reciprocal way, that you're not getting the entire benefit. So there is a lot of very direct social engineering where I'm like, okay, here is the model that the convention is built on. You can choose not to partake of a full third of what the convention is supposed to do. But um, in general, I, most people buy into that concept and understand once I explain it to them. Um, and we're actually there there has been some conversation about initiating a, um, a model to our pay structure, where if somebody really just wants to show up and use resources and not be part of the, uh, the symbiosis of the, the community, that then they can actually buy an extra package that uh, uh, allows them to, to opt out of being a play tester in other people's games. But that, like a that- carbon tax. <laughs> right? That's like a carbon tax. <laughs> I but like it's it. not mandatory, you know, no. we, we don't mandate that people have to participate, but I find that people in general are really excited about being smart about the thing they're smart about. Okay, then there's the other part of the people who don't necessarily want to show their hand all the time. There's always that, that question every single new designer seems to want to ask is, do I copyright, copyright my game, blah, blah, blah. Do you guys have, for example, private rooms? Is there still a lot of worry about people's ideas getting stolen? What's that dynamic? Well, that's I, that one. Yeah, go ahead, Evan. I, in the last six years, I've gone from a half dozen designers asking about NDAs and being insistent that they needed them to... Um, I had one person that needed NDAs this time, and it was actually because they were under contract to somebody else. Uh, there, 
I feel like people are starting to get their heads wrapped around the idea that if you NDA your initial concept, one, there's not a lot of thievery happening in the game industry. I, I can't remember the last time that I actually heard about a substantiated case where somebody had run off with an idea. Um, but also, you're cutting out your initial round of publicity and PR, and that's just not good for anybody. So yes, we do private rooms, but usually that's because I'm distractible and being in a big room would drive me nuts, or I... Um, it, this t group get this game tends to get really loud. Uh, I don't encourage people to do NDAs because then people can't talk excitedly about the thing they've just done. Right, and also you might need a room because the role playing game is all about candles. <laughs> yes, that there that's is one. There is. Yeah, <laughs> um, Kevin, what are you guys thinking about in your terms for uh, any social engineering or about sharing NDAs that kind of thing? Have you? reached that yet uh not particularly uh we are lucky enough uh with the space we have that we will be able to have like three separate kind of private rooms uh one of those might be for pitches though to publishers though the other two will have at our di uh disposure so that is probably what we'll be using those two for uh the thing is like we're so, but we're going to end up being so much smaller than what Metatopia is and whatnot. So we really don't have the uh, the ability to do all the great things that Metatopia does. Uh, but we're lucky enough to at least have uh, a little bit of wiggle room in that in that uh, area. But Kevin, tell us about what your what, what's your trajectory. Are you interested in pulling in publishers for scouting? Are you looking at going towards the panel model? What kind of things are you looking to build toward? Right now, we're just looking to kind of get uh, get people in this area like access to to more playtesting and whatnot. That's that's our biggest goal right now. There's a lot of talent in this area that always has to travel out, so we just want to get them together and go from there. So really, it's about seeing what happens with this event, and then we'll figure it out from there in terms of where we can project. Uh, part of what we want to do is also kind of get uh, I guess kind of grassroots kind of thing. We're working right now, see if we can get into some of the board game design uh, programs at universities that are starting to pop up. It's a lot more in the States, but it's slowly popping up here now too. So we're seeing if we can get in on that and trying to uh, get programs uh, at that level as well, or get uh, events and conventions that are kind of focused around those programs. I'm super excited by what you guys are doing because for many designers, the opportunity to play test their games with people that they don't play with all the time is the most important part of putting a game through its paces. And so I, I know that there's a, some comparison here between what you're doing and Metatopia, but there is such a value that uh, goes, you know, being able to put it through its paces repeatedly and being able to meet up with the group and say, okay, here's the changes I made since last week. I'm so excited by what you guys are doing. I think that that excitement is is a great indicator. I mean, uh, what we've noticed through the game artisans is that basically we're better together. And uh, and Avenel, I, I kind of want to start that from with... Me? I think you stole that from me. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. That's okay. It was while I was pinching you. Uh, yes. But Avenel, I kind of want to I want to get your thoughts on this, and then and then kind of go over to Kevin. But I'm imagining that you, like us, have probably had an experience where, you no, know, it's really nice to have all these people together. But 
wow, what just happened with this synergy? Like it, it became something more than, than you had expected. Can you give us an example of something like that? Our second Metatopia was two weeks after Hurricane Sandy clobbered the East Coast. Um, I spent the entire week before the convention on the phone with the hotel going, please tell me you have enough rooms for everybody. Please, if you, if you don't, we need to buy air mattresses and line them up in um, a ballroom or something. Like, people are coming and I need to know that you have food. Um, and I was really a mess because here I am, I've got 300 people showing up to the sophomore year of a convention. Um, you know, the sophomore year is when you find all the things you didn't step through the first time you ran the event. And I was just, I was beside myself. Am I, am I doing the right thing by running this event? Am I, and then I started getting reports from people who were like, I'm so excited to be coming to Metatopia because there's going to be hot water. I haven't had heat for two weeks. And I was like, you know, I run Dexcon and Dreamation because they're a place for people to step outside of time and space and have a sense of kinship and family and community that, you know, over the years I've gotten a lot of people who have said, I don't get this anywhere else in my life. And so I held my nose and jumped in with both feet. And it was just one of those conventions where everything that could possibly go wrong did. My rental car, uh, because my car was pinned under a tree, uh, ran out of gas and broke down. And there was no gas in the state of New Jersey. But people coming in from out of state brought gas cans full of gas. And people bunked up three and four and five people deep in hotel rooms. And um, I had a couple of people that were like, well, we'll just sleep in con suite. And I was like, no, we're going to find you a room with a bathroom to sleep in. And the community pulled it together in such a way that went beyond anything that I could have orchestrated or coordinated. Everybody was you know, people came in by bus because they were in New York City and the train lines weren't working. Um, I was on the phone with people saying, look, if you make it out here, I'll make sure you're taken care of. We've got a grocery store run happening every day to make sure that there's, you know, yogurt and granola for people. We've got you covered. And it really turned into this... Um, Oh, man, I just lost the word. But because there was hardship happening and because we were a harbor in the storm, almost literally, uh, people really brought their best selves to the table. They were kind with each other. They were compassionate. They shared their resources. Um, we sucked people who were hanging out, refugees from the storm who were living in the hotel at the time that were just mundanes walking around the lobby trying to find some place to warm up and uh, charge their phones, got pulled in as playtesters. <laughs> That's awesome. And That's the great. fact that the entire community folded them in and were like, oh, God, you look cold and miserable. Here, plug your phone in and here, you're going to play this with us. You get to be really a dwarf. Magical. Yeah. It was really magical. That's it's awesome. Nice to, nice to convert the muggles. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but Kevin, obviously, if you're looking to put something like this together, you've gotten something out of group playtesting. What's the what's the spark for you? Uh, it's you just get so much more done uh, in these kind of scenarios. Like every time I've been down to one of these conventions, it's amazing just how much uh, games progress. My own and others. There's just, for some reason, 
these just bring the best out of everyone, it seems. The designers, the playtesters, the feedback, uh, the amount of actual uh, iterations you go through and all that. Uh, like, when I was down at Metatopia, I think like it was, I did like 10 different small iterations on the game I've had, and I'm sure there was plenty of other people who I've seen, I've seen do the same. Uh, there's... It seems like these weekends or whatever they are, the amount that gets done there could be more than like the previous six months <laughs> that uh, you've been working on your game. And it's, I've seen that just across from like everyone that I've met or talked to that has ever gone to conventions like this. So uh, it's one of those things, again, we don't, we always have to travel for these things in our area. So I want to bring that same type of energy and whatnot here and do it as often as we can. Uh, which is why there's you know there's ProTO and now there's going to be Play and Pub and we're going to just keep cycling through as much as we can. Great, Avanel had a really good point in the chat uh, that getting ready for a show is what? It's a deadline. Yeah, and <laughs> deadlines are super important for design types because we're so creative that we often just keep on creating instead of refining. And it's a different process, right? So uh, Avanel, you're entirely right. Um, going back to Kevin, what you said before about you know small grassroots, um, the word kinship, I think Avanel, you mentioned the word kinship. And what do you guys do, or what do you plan to do, Kevin, to keep the community like self-sustaining throughout the year when the con isn't on? Uh well, for one thing, again, we're looking to potentially uh, do small, potentially smaller events, and whatnot. So, or we'll try to even maybe get uh, two big ones of the year. Uh, we'll see again how it all goes. Um, in terms of other stuff, I mean, I think it's mostly about just going out and even supporting the other little things that go on, like the Sakes and Lattes Designer Nights, the Four Hundred One Games Designer Nights, and stuff like that just kind of being in those communities and making sure that, you know, people understand that there is, um, even on small levels, that there are other places to get games play tested. I mean, I love going out to those things and I love mentioning those to the, the people who showed up uh, to, to conventions like this. Mm -hmm. And Avanel, what are you guys doing at Metatopia to keep that grassroots, the fire, keep the fire burning when the, the year between you know, conventions. There's a large community of people who talk game design on G plus uh, that I jump in and out of. Um, the other conventions really help because it gives people an opportunity to sort of reground and reassess. Um, we often have people that have play tested things at Metatopia, put their stuff on the schedule for a session or two at uh, Dreamation or Dexcon so that they can try out the things that they tested. There's also a giant playtesting community in the New York area, so there's no shortage of opportunities for people to engage. Um, and I'm, I spend, I would say, about 10% of my time talking to people over the course of any given week about what they're working on, where they are with things, and just sort of cheerleading and encouraging and helping keep that momentum going. That's great. Okay. And I kind of want to see uh, from, from Kevin, how are you starting this grassroots movement? Like uh, we had a question on the, the, uh, the YouTube channel about how is technology and social media uh, playing a role in this? 
Have you already got forums together? How many people are active uh, kind of promoting for you? How many people are, are kind of looking to commit to come out? Uh, how are you organizing? Uh, right now, a lot of it is on us. Uh, so we've we've been doing uh, as much as we can this month, trying to just get the word out and whatnot. And again, going out to uh, the small little monthly designer nights and whatnot. We started dropping off business cards there and whatnot. Uh, we don't have any forums or anything like that going on right now. It's mainly just kind of getting uh, getting little businesses and you know. Uh, getting different special guests and whatnot to come in and try to get the word out that way. So, like, uh, we are trying to work. Well, we've just got um, Christopher Odo from Breakout Con is going to be attending and whatnot. So, we're trying to work with them as well. So, again, working with other conventions. Uh, again, shout outs to ProTO and the Micro ProTO that just happened. Uh, what was that last it, week? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I was there. Was yeah. <laughs> Wish we could have been, but unfortunately, we had other things to do. Um, so working with those, uh, again, working with the businesses and the, the little designer nights are um, monthly designer nights and uh, doing it that way and just trying to get the word out as much as we can. Good. And Evan, are you, are you finding that uh, it's easier to go now that you've kind of got the, the momentum running or is there still work that you've got to do online and, and what channels are you using? Uh, there's always work to be done. There's always keeping an eye on what's out there, um, reaching out to people, answering questions, being in the right place at the right time online. Um, I find it easier these days because when somebody really um, ought to know about our products, somebody will tag me in. We've gone from um, our main concern being marketing to our main concern being PR. People are talking about us. And so I just have to show up and be like, yes, here's the ways that we can help you rather than it all being push. So um, I also have a lot of other benefits in that we run other things that are gaming related and are connected to the industry in other ways. So, um, you know, being radically vulnerable and open on Twitter and Facebook about what we're doing and how we're doing it and G and inviting people into the process is a lot of how I do the community building. Um, and, you know, a lot of my job is to talk about the social contracts and talk about what bringing your best self to the table looks like. Um, and so that's where a lot of my social media energy comes from, or goes into, rather. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to put this question to Kevin first, uh, because I think there's a phone call involved. Kevin, <laughs> do you have any tools um, that you're giving to designers? Because, you know, if I was to come, I've designed lots of stuff. I'm fine. I don't need any real help running a play test. What about the newbie? What about the, you know, brand spanking new, you know, glitter in his eyes or glitter in her eyes? New designer comes in. What kind of tools do you have to support their experience at your convention? Uh, so the first thing is uh, we've got some sponsorship from the Game Crafters going to be sending a bunch of blank uh, components to us, which we're th very thankful for. We'll probably be bringing some of our own that we've taken from different protospiels and whatnot as well. Um, and so we'll try to do our best to also get out some of the other tools that might be needed, like a paper cutter or whatnot like that. Um, which always seems to be a big thing for some reason. 
Uh, and then in terms of like uh, helping them out or whatnot, I think part of it is just you know getting getting people talking. So one of the things that we're really going to try to do is to make sure that there's a social aspect to this. Uh, so part of, so we're going to do a get together the Friday nights. Uh, we're looking to do a dinner that hopefully everyone will be coming out to as well on the Saturday night. And just so that people actually talk. I mean, it's one of those things that like, it's one of the biggest aspects of those conventions that sometimes people don't realize is that, you know, everyone's there for the same reason and there's so much knowledge and so much, um, just know how there and, all you have to do is kind of just go out with those with those people and just sit down and talk in a casual environment. And uh, for the people who are willing to, you know, try to get themselves, uh, you know, sitting down at a meal or whatever with a stranger, we're trying to facilitate that. So, uh, like I said, we have two things that are kind of like outside of the convention, get together in a social uh, setting. And get people talking that way so that, you know, if they need help on a specific topic or whatnot, hopefully they can find the people there. And if not, they can always talk to us as well. Right. Okay. And Avanel, at Metatopia, other than the uh, bag with granola and tissues, um, <laughs> what kind of tools does Metatopia as a convention provide outside of the information at the panels and whatnot? Uh, so I will say that the like best practices guidelines for playtesting is the thing that has been the um, the slowest in coming. Right? We jumped in and we're like, "Whoa, we'll have people playtest," and then we were like, "Oh, we need to talk to people about how to be a good playtester, and we need to teach people how to receive playtesting." And so it's been one of this these iterative processes where there's a panel now, and then there you, that talks about how to give and receive playtesting feedback. I just and listened to that today. <laughs> it was good. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and then we realized that I should be doing a, okay, so it's your first time at Metatopia. What do you need to know? Session ah. where people can access me. Um, and then different people have actually kind of created organically within the community, different guidelines, different documents that uh, I reshare when the time comes around. Um, and then we also, we have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with every single designer. And so they get an opportunity to ask us what their question, what, what they, basically they get a chance to figure out what they don't know before they come through the door. That's really interesting. And you so online or no, I make, I made a hundred and some phone calls in two weeks this year uh, to every single designer. Oh, I remember when you were doing that. I do. And you had a call that went not so well once I remember that. <laughs> yes. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a rarity. Usually people are really engaged and ask very insightful questions. And so I think that some of the codified pre-prepped tools that we could be handing out were, have been delayed by the fact that I'm doing this hands-on and having these conversations. Um, but you know what, Avanel, I think that is part of the charm of Metatopia that I'm, no, but that I'm getting the feel and I've never been, I've, I've not been, but listening to all the podcasts, talking to you and just knowing you from, from around the internet and your personality, that that's a draw that you, it's not this cold, heartless, here's a piece of paper, we'll see you later. It's, you know, hands on, it's, it's like, you're almost like a handler, which is really a wonderful thing to have. For a lot of people, because because we know, I mean, let, I mean, we're not going to lump everybody together, but a lot of game designers are not socially 
skilled sometimes. Lots of oh, play testers, come, right? come lots of people are in general, but don't you mean know. to say that about me. But <laughs> the uh, what I'm kind of interested in, like you're talking about, you've packaged a lot of stuff that you've seen the designers need. What do they come to you craving? What's the information that they kind of want to draw out of Metatopia outside of just the just the testing? One of the really cool things about those conversations with the designers is that I get to see how what they're asking shifts from year to year. So a couple of years ago, they all wanted to play with 3D printers. They all wanted someone to come in so that they could do like designing their prototypes and playing with them. And um, a couple years ago, there was this interesting cultural gestalt where all of a sudden people were starting to be more socially conscious and were asking me questions like, so my art isn't very inclusive and I don't know how to ask my artists to draw people who don't look like me. How do I do that? It's a good thing. And that turned into us being able to tailor the programming that year uh, with a big focus on gaming as other and uh, diversity and inclusion and representation. Um, and so our designers each year, I come up with a handful of reoccurring themes. This past two years ago, it was, I need math help. I'm terrible at mathing and I need to know how probability actually works. Uh, and so we actually solicited from people who are way better at mathing than I am panels on the topic where they were like, okay, so talk to me about your math. Where is it falling down? Here's how probability actually works, not how people think it works. And so um, the, the questions, the, as game design shifts and as people learn from each other and as the art evolves, the questions are new each year. And that is one of the really cool things about what I'm doing is now it's not just, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how to include women in my art without doing cheesecake art. Uh, I haven't had, I think I've, I think I've made it two years without having to have the anti-gravity boob conversation with anybody at Metatopia. Uh, and so now they're actually like, okay, so I'm starting to understand that gender's not a binary. How do I pick pronouns? How do I handle that? And so things are evolving in really interesting ways. And I get to see that, which is really cool. That's, that's awesome. I, I'm really actually happy to hear that. I, I'm, and I'm glad that that discussion's being had. It, just the, the diversity in gaming is absolutely huge for me. But let's talk about kind of diversity of experience. Kev, on your side, who are you bringing together and what skill sets do you see that you can really build a good synergy from with your group? Uh, right now, it's a small, small group. Uh, right now, it's just Alicia and myself in terms of getting things together and whatnot uh, and running this whole thing again. We're small little convention right now, so uh, well, small small group right now <laughs> working together. Um, so, in the future, I mean, there's like all of these things are obviously things we want to start working towards and whatnot. Right now, it's about you know just getting the people there. Obviously, we want to make sure that we are being inclusive. That we'll do our best to make sure that you know no one feels out of place. Uh, we're seeing if we can uh, work with some groups uh, in the Toronto area that are, uh, you know, focused around that. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't heard anything back <laughs> yet, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get in touch with them and see if there's more things that we can do for, for this upcoming convention.
Maybe you could do name tags that invite people to actually like put on their shoulder what it is they're good at. So I'm really good at math or I'm really good at game balance or if somebody's gonna fall through a pothole, I'm the person that's gonna get stuck. Um, so that they're kind of advertising what their strengths are and you're inviting them to tell people what they're bringing to the table in a very positive way. Yeah, sounds like yeah. a great idea. It's an amazing one. I like that. When when you've got a doctor of mathematics sitting there in the room, and you know you just happen to be working on something that you know, like you were saying, you need to know about probability, and there you are. You get these synergies that occur that are just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just call Gord. Yeah, exactly, Gord. We just all Gord. call Gord. But <laughs> Gord doing there's that? so many so many doctors of mathematics were involved in it. It's graphic designers and mathematicians. Yeah, and then there's a psychologist like me and Scott. So. Um, <laughs> We get, we have fun too. Uh, so if you had something that, you know, you could possibly bring to your convention that would make you overjoyed, nothing, you know, it doesn't have to be like unreasonable. It could be totally reasonable. You just haven't done it yet. What would that one thing be that would make your convention even just, you know, 5% better? Oh, magic question. Do you? Yeah, sorry. But yeah, 5% better than it was last year. What do you think, Avanel? Hmm. I would be able to throw the doors open and invite every designer that wants to attend. Like if, if I had access to a property that was accessible to our audience base and everybody who is like, oh, I'd love to come, but I can't afford a hotel room or hmm. I really, I want to be there. I would just, I would throw the doors open and it would be, 10 times the size and I would be absolutely completely exhausted from September 1st to December 1st. But we would, we would be able to get everybody that's working on something cool or who is gaming adjacent and a proto designer or a proto pro, you know, maybe they've laid out one or two things and they're like, well, I'm not really a game pro. I would get them in and validated and have them speaking on panels and like in a perfect world, Metatopia is everybody who has ever thought about making a game all engaged in a meaningful way. That's awesome. Uh, have you thought about using technology to bridge some of those gaps in terms of, you know, uh, Skyping in or screen or you know streaming the the panels or playtesting over like D twenty or something. There's a my administrative staff for Metatopia was six people for six hundred attendees for sure. So there's there's a manpower issue where um, because we have such a strong principle about making sure that we fill every game and out of uh, out of our events if. 5% of them did not happen. That's a huge number for us. Right. And so we are circulating, we're recruiting, we're talking to people, we're in touch with the designers as they go into their games, as they come out of their games. And so if somebody were to say to me, hey, Abby, in exchange for a lifetime membership to your events, I will come out and take responsibility for the technology side of things. I'd be like, yes, absolutely. Yes. You heard uh, but that. You heard it. You heard it. <laughs> But if it's something that I have to recruit for from within our resources, we're at three and a half conventions a year. Our resources are exactly allocated and we're very stable right now. <laughs> so we're not ready for that learning curve as much as I wish we could. Mm -hmm. It's nice to be in a, in a place where you're gonna be overextended if you go further rather than otherwise. That's, that's a good place to be in. But Kev, I wanna know from the, uh, from the cons that you've been attending, I want to hear about the good ideas you saw there 
that you'd like to try to bring back to your cons, either now or in the future? Uh, in the future, I mean, honestly, I think probably the biggest, like, in terms of what the benchmark is, honestly, I have to say Metatopia would probably be the benchmark in terms of things to, to bring. Like, just there's just basically everything there. So like the, the panels, uh, just how much they do to make sure that everyone feels comfortable and all that. Like there's so much there that, you know, wish we could do, but just there's no way <laughs> right now. Um, and it's definitely like the, again, the energy there is wonderful. Um, it, I've also seen it on a small scale, uh, which was uh, Spielbody, which is another one of our favorite ones, which, it's also really inclusive, but also just at people's houses. Um, so, and that's obviously something we can't do, uh, can't do as well. Um, so, yeah, panels, the just the the love really <laughs> at the conventions, and then uh, th those are kind of like the two things that we would want to be building up to. And for the now, I mean, I think I think we've done pretty much as much as we can uh, for what we're planning to uh obviously we're we're open to other suggestions and whatnot but we're happy with the idea that you know it's going to be play testing throughout the whole weekend we've got scheduled slots to make sure everyone's going to get their games played uh we've got publishers coming in to to look at games and all that we've got open demo time for them try to make sure that we have that social aspect and all that put in um so there's a lot of things that we got in, uh, and then there's a whole bunch more that we just don't have the budget or time for, or just not the size for either. And I think Abigail would probably be the first person to say, you know, start small and grow from there, right, Ab? Absolutely. I they're jumping in with both feet is great, but don't overextend yourself, and just be aware that when something catches fire, you are probably both the person dialing the phone and squirting the water hose. <laughs> That's a really good analogy. Uh, it's it's what is what is our motto here for Ontario uh, Lottery Corps? Is it know your limits, play within it? Yeah. yeah, there you go. So that's what you should be doing. Um, and the gate. <laughs> so, um, hey, Avanel, yeah. have you guys ever run any contests at uh, Metatopia? Uh, we don't run contests, but we host the Golden Cobra results. Right. Um, so that is a freeform game design contest where a independent group puts together their criteria for entering the contest. And then um, I think there's a month to write your game and submit it with design constraints. And then um, we have a a slot where the uh, the main stage hosts the announcements and then we do a golden cobra sampler where people get to play <laughs> nice. finalists which is really cool um we've we've toyed with the idea of awards contests in the past uh but there there are a lot of pitfalls and they can get really contentious and frankly i don't at this point because we are sort of at what's comfortable for us to juggle right um we've decided that creating something that people could be contentious about sounds really exhausting. Kind of is. Kind of yeah. is. I, I kind of want to get a little bit of insider information, if I, if I could. Avanel, you get exposure to all these designers, at very personal exposure. You get to see all these games being played. I kind of want to know, 
on the, the curve of innovation when it comes to, to board game design, are you seeing the designers kind of pushing the envelope before things get big at Metatopia? Or are you seeing the market leading a lot of the designs at, at uh, Metatopia? Which, which one is playing more into what's getting designed, do you think? On the RPG side, I feel like there's a lot uh, that happens at Metatopia and a lot of the conversations about um, how, how to encourage people to bring their best selves to the table end up being part of the next wave of what's being designed. Um, there's also a lot to be said for the fact that when people come in with something interesting, the double exposure community gets really excited. And so even if it's sort of a chicken egg where the industry is doing something and then someone steps it up a level, um, then the, the sheer enthusiasm of the double exposure community and the fact that people will keep checking in and encouraging and being like, hey, what about this game I tried? Um, so I would say that it's probably about 50-50, right? So the this past two years was kind of the, the season of the social deduction game. And um, we both saw people hopping onto that bandwagon very early on. The industry had a couple of, of things that started moving, like One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Um, and it's interesting because First exposure is a little different. First exposure tends to be more of that, like, there are a couple things out there and then people jump in. Metatopia oftentimes has this weird mix of, like, I'm doing some, I'm, I'm off playing on my own field in my own sound, sandbox um, with a little bit of that, like, second wave. So I don't know if that answers it. Um, I'll say that there was a lot of talk at Metatopia this year about legacy games because pandemic legacy punched a hole through that wall. And then it was like opening the door to a laundry room and having all these kittens rush to the door and go, what's out there? <laughs> and so we're, we're like the wave of kittens, right? Something in the industry happens that's a small event. And then Metatopia designers all jump in and go, I'm excited by this. So... <laughs> So not either, it's not it's not a binary. It's a something happens and then the gestalt gets interested and follows that rabbit hole. Right, okay. Uh, Kevin, what do you hope for the future of Play and Pub? What's the vision? Again, so for us, we want to see if we can just get this spread across Ontario as much as we can uh and try to get uh as many people in this area out to uh conventions where they could get their their designs play tested like i said i think there's a lot of talent in this area already and we want to make sure that you know those people are getting the play tests they need and also to try to start up and get uh, more people out there uh so you know right now all we want to do is get one going and then we'll see where we go from there hopefully again we could do this multiple times a year and then also do ones outside of toronto but uh for right now we'll see where the first one goes and go from there all right um Avanel, i wanted to ask you about double exposure so what is the actual difference between double exposure and metatopia Double Exposure is the parent company that uh, we have a bunch of different projects that are all under that umbrella. 
So Dexcon, Dreamation, Metatopia, First Exposure, the Envoy program, which okay, helps there people. We go. Envoy, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, Envoy is for people who are have decided that they actually have a game and are either publishing already or are looking to promote. Um, we That is a very long paragraph, and I will cut it short by saying that people who are looking to get into retailers who want to understand distribution, who want to actually sell games, should reach out to us before they have 3,000 copies sitting in their basement that they don't know how to sell. Right. That's uh, a very good point. We kind of pick up at the point where Metatopia ends because you've, you've play tested and you're, you're getting ready to publish this thing and you've learned about the difference between being a publisher and licensing your game to somebody else and you've decided that you're going to publish a game reach out to us and we will work with you to get you into retailers to connect you with um, almost a thousand game masters across the country that are alpha gamers teaching and playing games uh, all all the time. Um, we'll help you figure out your path for conventions over the next year where you best can spend your marketing money. We'll explain what play to win can uh, support for conventions is and how to leverage it to your best advantage. Um, and so if somebody is listening and has made that decision, even if you already have 3000 games in your basement and you're kind of forlorn about it, reach out to us and we'll help you figure out how to best leverage that for your next game. Right. Exactly. And just a, another note on double exposure and the Envoy program. Um, like I've heard of some amazing things that you guys have done. Jeff Engelstein was telling me that, uh, through the Envoy program, you guys did like 150 stores simultaneously for Dragon and Flagon or something like that? I don't think it was 150, but it was a lot. Um, it, was a lot. We, it was a big number. So we run launch parties. They're simultaneous launch parties that happen on the same weekend across the country. The game master gets the copy for free and spends five hours showing off the game in a retailer. And the important part of the splash is actually that we help make sure that the retailers have access to the game. So if they try to contact their local distributor and there are no copies available or there's a computer glitch and the street date has been set to the wrong date, uh, which happens, uh, we help smooth that over and make sure that the games are available in a timely fashion. Awesome. That's cool. Uh, Kev, I wanted to know how to date you've been testing. Like, what's, uh, what is it that uh, in your current playtesting environment kind of made you aware of this need that you have to, to broaden your horizons? Uh, in terms of like starting up the convention, like what's missing in terms well, of. Have, how have you been testing your designs and, and what do you feel that's missing from your life that you need more exposure? Uh, I mean, honestly, pretty happy just because we've been able to travel out to again, all those other big conventions and the monthly desire nights. But again, it's those weekends just, there's just something about it in terms of the knowledge there and whatnot that just makes your game take off. Um, and, it's, and it really shows you whether or not you, you're on the right path. You kind of have an idea when you do smaller little, like if you have a playtesting group or whatever it is you, you do, you get an idea of where you're going with, with your game and whatnot. You get an idea of whether or not it's it's good. But until you're able to get it out you know, multiple times in front of a whole bunch of different strangers and whatnot, and not in front of people who've played it 50 times or whatever, uh, it's not until you do it then that you start getting all those... Uh, 
you know, I guess outside ideas and opinions and whatnot that, that really form a game and really make it sure that it's, you know, um, and that it's solid all the way through. So, you know, everything we, with uh, everything that we've done so far, like we've, we've tried um, with our playtesting and whatnot and with uh, our blog on Dance Giant Games and whatnot to help out uh, people like us because we're relatively new to the whole game design and whatnot. So in terms of running Play and Pub, it was just uh, the next step. Uh, we wanted to do something else again for the community to get to help them uh, you know, do the things that we've been able to do traveling around and whatnot. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at. It's not really for us to play our games. We want to make sure that other people get that opportunity. That's, that's cool. so cool. That's cool. It's great. It's great to have that passion. Now, Avanel, I want to draw on your experience here and ask you, I know that whenever I go to, to group sessions like our, our um, cardstock with the game artisans that I tend to go there and then design games. I wonder if uh, you know of any games that kind of got sparked at Metatopia or like started right at Metatopia that went all the way. You know, I always have a list spooled up and I saw you type that question into the chat and my brain went completely blank. Um, <laughs> student Bodies with that was published by Smirk and Dagger started actually at a first exposure playtest hall and then got picked up by Smirk and Dagger. It was an Angry Ducks product. Um, Nevermore from Smirk and Dagger, which was our big, my personal success for last Gen Con, um, was actually conceived of at a Metatopia. And by the next Gen Con was in production and we helped him sell 500 copies at Gen Con. Um, yeah, that was, that was super exciting for us. Um, we, we, Bluebeard's Bride, which is a, and Apillion and Masks have all play tested. Those are Magpie Games, um, products, RPG products. Um, we've had a lot of, oh, Arboretum, which got picked up by Renegade, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blood of an Englishman is the same designer and also has legs. Um, we... So in the LARP world, we have uh, Warbirds, which is historical LARPs written by women from the perspective of women and their experiences during wartime that is actually, you know, has playtested and we've, we've helped nurture that project. Um, I, I could keep going. There's, there's so many of them. Um, and it's all genres. It's card games. It's board games. It's... Um, it is RPGs and story games. We we really run the entire gambit, and we really we are enthusiastic about any genre of game. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, guys. It's it's rounding around that hour time. We're a little bit over, but that's cool because you guys have lots of cool stuff to say. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's following us on the feed. Thanks to Dave. Thanks to John for all your excellent questions all the time. Board Game Authority for following us. And thank you, Avanel and Kevin, for joining us. Last question, final question, really is um, let's hear uh, time and date, location, and cost for Avanel. Uh, Metatopia. Metatopia is the first weekend in November uh, in Morristown, New Jersey, and you will have to check the website because prices are not my thing. If it was up to me, everybody would be naked and hungry in my household, and there'd be a ton <laughs> of games being made. 
so yeah. I'm, I'm really terrible at that. But um, if people tweet me, I will turn around and share out information. And first exposure, the application for first exposure goes up very, very soon. Oh, right, for the first exposure hall at Gen Con. Yep. Excellent. And Kevin, last question to you is the same thing. Date, time, location, costs. All right. Uh, so it's uh, February 24th to 26th at Beverly Halls in Toronto, which is just south of the University of Toronto. Uh, the cost is $35 for designers, $10 for any additional design team members, and free for playtesters. And all prices are in US dollars because we're doing it all through tabletop events. Okay, excellent. Well, thanks very much, guys. It was wonderful having you guys on the show. I've been meaning to talk to people about Metatopia for a long time now, uh, as I'm kind of kind of sorry every time November rolls around and I'm not there. Uh, so I'm planning this year because it's fall. The Friday is my birthday, so I'm planning to, you know, if if the orange guy that runs your country lets me in, I will hopefully come this time. Uh, there are a couple other conventions around the same time that are in Canada that I might need to go to. So we'll, we'll see what my wife says, but, but I'm going to try, I'm going to try. Avanel. I'd, I'd love to meet you in person again. And that'd be great because I don't think I'll be at Gen Con this year. Um, it's, Jay, uh, my co-design partner had twins. So he, oh, wow. def he definitely can't go. So if he's not at Gen Con, I don't know if I'm going to go. I'll still be at some other ones, but not that one. Uh, Dylan, good to see you and, uh, and Kevin and please, please, uh, Tell Alicia to get better, and <clears throat> I'm aiming to be at uh, Plan Pub number one of many, hopefully, um, at the end of February. And it, wow. it is actually on my reading work, on my reading week, so it's perfect. That's great. I'm not teaching a single person that week. Wow. Oh, it'll be awesome. All right, so thank you very much, guys. We'll see you guys in a week. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, join me here on Monday nights when I do the Game Dojo following four aspiring designers on their quest to become full-fledged game designers. They really are um, already doing it as I give them advice, I guess. I'm just sitting here talking to them. Uh, and then next Thursday, we'll be back with Dylan <coughs> and maybe Daryl, if he's back from Germany. He's at Nuremberg right now to talk more games, talk more game design. So thanks very much, and we'll see you all later. See awesome. ya. Thank you thanks, so much. Guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.